0: As you can see, Fall Fest is right around the corner. It's in two weeks on October 1st. Um, We've got like 10 food trucks coming and a gazillion. We've doubled everything. If you were there last year, we've doubled the food trucks. We've doubled the activities for the kids. Um, So you'll want to be there and invite your friends. There'll be no service here on that day. There'll be no morning service in Wadsworth on that day, but bring a lawn chair, and at 3 o'clock, we'll gather in the parking lot and have one big service together. It's the only time through the year that both campuses come together for worship, uh, so you won't want to miss it. You can also volunteer. If you want to, on the back of your outline this morning, you'll see the church website. You can sign up for a time slot to volunteer somewhere in the festival to help make it happen. Out on the table are invite cards for you to grab a bunch of those uh, and publicize and invite your friends uh, and the grocery clerk at Giant Eagle or whoever, all right, uh, to come and be there for that. Anybody hungry? All right, you keep smelling that, you're going to get hungrier. Uh, as was mentioned, we've got a cookout right after service. If you did not bring something, stay. All right, we've got plenty. I want to encourage you to be here. There's no second sermon after the, you eat. There's no trick. All right, you can just eat and leave. Eat and leave. Eat and run. Uh, and I guarantee you you're going to eat here faster than you will at any restaurant. all right? I guarantee that these days. Who is it that influenced you to follow Jesus? If you were to have put one person in your mind and said, this is the person who directed me into a relationship with Jesus Christ, who would that be get them on your mind I encourage you to thank them if you haven't send them holy oh, awesome send them an email send them a, a text let them know and i want you this morning as i begin this message to get someone on your mind someone on your heart get their name get their face that you want to influence to follow Jesus or maybe someday to worship in this space? Might be a family member, might be a cashier somewhere, a server somewhere, and you don't know their name yet. You just put server at this restaurant in your heart. Who would that be? Think about that as we go through this. You may know powerful Paul from the scriptures, previously named what? Saul. He wrote nearly half the books of the New Testament. You know the name Paul, but are you familiar with the one through which the Holy Spirit inspired to influence Paul? His name? Ananias. Ananias. At a pivotal time in the life of Saul of Tarsus, he, visited, he was visited by Ananias. It's in Acts chapter 9, and it repeats the story in Acts 22, which this is the only mention of this guy through all of the Bible, the only mention. Yet his visit in obedience through the Holy Spirit to Saul, who would become Paul, Influenced Paul to accept Christ, and then, thus, a ripple effect began where millions of people, including you and I, have been affected by the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9. Encourage you, if you have your Bible with you or your Bible app, encourage you to use those Bible apps. Turn to Acts chapter 9, or the scriptures will be on the screen. As a way of background, Saul's a powerful leader. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees, meaning he's well-respected, and he's doing everything he can to oppose the spread of Christianity. Saul has personally taken it upon himself to have as many Christians thrown into prison as he possibly can. And his goal, if he got them into prison, they would eventually be executed. This guy is a madman. His only goal was to see as many followers of Jesus Christ put to death as possible. We'll begin in Acts chapter 9 verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogue in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, in other words, who followed Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now put yourself in Paul's sandals, Saul's sandals, for a moment. You're a man on a mission until a day when you're traveling to Damascus and an incredible light from the heavens shines strikes your eyes, knocks you off your feet, you're laying on the ground, you question what's going on, and a voice from heaven speaks directly to you. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And you say, who are you? And the voice responds, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus tells you to get up and go to a city and wait there for more details. Those those who were with you heard the sound, heard the voice, but they didn't see anyone because no one was there to be seen. But you heard the voice and you knew it was the voice of the risen Lord and your life would never be the same. Continuing Acts 9, verse 8 and 9. And Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, for three days, he was blind, and he didn't eat anything. That's the setting. Now let me share with you some obstacles to influencing others. It's time for the man of the hour to arrive on the scene. Verse 10 through 12, still in Acts chapter 9. Now, I'm not sure Ananias heard the last part of that. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on his name. Ananias is saying, you know, Lord, (laughs) I'm not feeling very into this today. Right? I don't know that I'm your guy. It'd be like the Lord calling on you. How many remember Osama bin Laden? Right? Remember that? Right here? Right? It'd be like the Lord sending you an email, a text. Hey, I want you to travel and go talk to Osama bin Laden about Jesus. You've got to be crazy. And I was just saying, You don't know this guy. Let me fill you in. How comical is that? Well, the Lord has been around a much longer than Ananias. And Ananias says, Lord, I'm not sure you know how dangerous this guy Saul really is. And the Lord, in essence, replies, I know Saul of Tarsus like the back of my hand. After all, Ananias, I made him. I created him. Well, God can't say it quite, doesn't say it quite that diplomatically. Look at verses 15 and 16. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. The man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer from my name. Go. One word. One word. But he doesn't just tell Ananias to go. He goes on to talk about Paul and explain this man is a chosen instrument to advance the gospel to royalty, both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. You got to imagine while God speaks to Ananias, Satan whispers, Don't waste your breath. He's not worth it. He doesn't deserve Jesus. Look at what he's doing. Listen, Satan wants you to just coast through the Christian life. Satan's goal for you and me is that we would come to a place, we would sit in the seat, and we would never do anything to speak out for him towards the people that we revolve around in life. His goal is for you and I to keep the good news of Jesus Christ to ourselves, never sharing it with anyone else. Satan wins. A number of years ago, this microphone's driving me crazy this morning if you can't tell. All right. A number of years ago, they had a large aquarium, researchers did, and they put a large pike on one side of the aquarium, and they put a bunch of minnows on the in the aquarium with him. Now, for a long period of time, this pike could go forth and eat as many minnows as he wanted. Quite the existence, right? Just swim around in a tank, aquarium, eat minnows all day long, all night long. Well, the researchers then took a piece of plexiglass and they placed the plexiglass down the center of the tank And what they did is they put the pike on one side and they put the minnows on the other side. And this pike swam around and would just smash his snout into the plexiglass over and over and over again until eventually it hurt pretty bad, right? Eventually he stopped. He stopped going after the minnows. He just realized, he conditioned himself to believe minnows are not to be touched. Minnows are not to be touched. Say it with me. Minnows are not to be touched. So then what they did is they removed the plexiglass, took it away, and they watched as the pike continued to swim around in circles, with his favorite food, bouncing off of his belly. But he remembered what? Minnows are not to be touched. And the northern pike, guess what happened to him? Yeah, he starved to death. All because he was conditioned to believe minnows are not to be touched. If we are not careful, we can go through life and we can become conditioned by our beliefs, by our doubts, by our fears, and they can become barriers to us never sharing Jesus Christ with a single person if we're not careful. But what we need to understand as believers, there is someone inside of you When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's no longer you in this life. There was someone inside of you who was filled with power, who was filled with grace, who can take you beyond any barrier that you yourself or Satan has put in your life. And that is the Holy Spirit. And when you and I begin to live by the Holy Spirit's power and not our own power, it's then that we realize minnows are to be touched. People are to be touched. 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul writes, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of what? Power, of love, and of self-discipline. In Acts 22, Paul describes this man, Ananias, as a devout follower who was highly respected. I want to spend the rest of our time trying to determine the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that God uses in us, in Ananias, to influence others. Because the Holy Spirit is multifaceted. And here's why the Holy Spirit could use Ananias. First, first trait, one that we should imitate is be credible, be credible. Acts 22 tells us that Ananias was a follower of Jesus and a devout observer of the law. And even though he was a believer, the Bible says that he, a Christian, he was respected by both the Jews, Gentiles by all. He earned a credibility of being a straight shooter, a consistent follower of Jesus. And when God invited him to have a face-to-face meeting with a dangerous enemy, he was the only one God would choose. That's why God chooses him. He, had a tendency to, he has a tendency to call upon those who are listening to his voice. And so we live in a world that demands credibility. And the more credibility you and I have, the more we're listening to God's spirit, the more God will use us to influence others. Next, be obedient. Ananias went to the house. Perhaps he knocked on the door. Now, remember, this guy's murdering everybody. He has a, de- a drive to put people in prison. you imagine when you're knocking on his door? Right? He probably has a knife hidden in his clothes just in case this doesn't go well. But when he opens the door, he doesn't find a warrior. He doesn't find a madman. He finds a broken, helpless, repentant, blind man. Listen to Paul's testimony of what happens. Acts 22, beginning with verse 13. He, Ananias stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear his words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. The Holy Spirit empowered a Christian, Ananias, to have a face-to-face meeting with a murderer, Saul. And I ask you then, what could he empower you to do? If he can take a guy, have him knock on a murderous man like Saul's door, have the guts to do that, what can he empower you to do if you really trust Your attitude and obedience affects your ability to influence others. Acts 9, verses 18 and 19. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up and was what? He got up and he was baptized. All right, baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Another part of making the Holy Spirit available to work through us or making ourselves available is to be thorough, to be thorough. Sometimes in today's world, we leave out things when it comes to presenting the message to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We'll talk about involvement in church, We'll talk about cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus. All those are good things, but we'll often neglect things like repentance. Not many people talk about repentance anymore, that we need to turn from our evil ways and then accept Jesus. Or do we really talk about grace as much as we need, that God forgives everything we've ever done through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And then sometimes churches will stop short of even talking about baptism. But if you're really going to restore the New Testament, early New Testament church, then you have to put it in the picture of becoming a fully, of following in obedience and proclaiming ultimately that God is the Lord of your life, that you're all in. Immediately after Saul's sight was restored, Ananias says, hey, I know you're hungry. You haven't eaten for three days. Let's get you something to eat. No, this is what he says, verse 16. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Ananias prays with Saul, and the first words out of his mouth are, hey, what are you waiting for? Here it is get baptized, and Saul obeys. So be credible, be obedient, be thorough. And let me close by making three rapid-fire observations of this account of Ananias and his speaking to Saul, who later became Paul. First, God will use you if you're willing. God will use you. Even if you're hesitant or fearful, You have those uh, barriers built up. God will use you. Learn a lesson from Ananias. But you've got to not depend upon yourself. You've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. I love what Rick Warren says. He says, if God only used perfect people, nothing would get done. God will use anybody if you're available. Anybody if you make yourself available. Another observation, the potential and possibilities for impact are more than what you could ever expect, more than what you could ever expect. We need to try to look into the future and see how God can do his work through us to make an eternal difference in people's lives. Remembering always, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You just keep plugging. You keep plugging. God is able to do amazingly more than you could ever ask or imagine. I love this quote from Rick Warren. I love this. He says, if you want God to bless you and use you greatly, you must be willing to walk with a limp the rest of your life because God uses weak people. Wow. Wow. You know, we often think of excuses like, well, God can never lose me after what I've done. God can never use me here after what I've done. No. God specializes in using weak people. We just walk with a limp the rest of our life. But he still works through us. One final observation, and that's this. Be ready when he says go. Be ready when he says go. After the tragic airline crash near Washington National Airport back in January of 1982, some of you weren't even born yet, some of you can barely remember it, but the television replayed it over and over again where Air Florida's Flight 90 crashed into the Potomac River just 20 seconds after taking off. The video showed a couple passengers in the frigid water. There was a blizzard, ice floating in the water. showed a couple of passengers trying to grab a hold of a life ring dropped from a helicopter. One woman was pulled to safety. The other was partially submerged in a cake of ice, and she couldn't hold on. It appeared to be she was in shock because she couldn't hold the ring. The Washington Post said, although the shoreline was crowded with rescue personnel, this woman's fate was obvious because nobody acted. But at that moment, a 28-year-old government errand runner named Lenny Skutnik stood watching from the riverbank. And he couldn't stand it any longer. He said, I felt helpless. He said, she was screaming, would somebody please help me? And it looked as if she had passed out. Then I jerked off my boots and my coat, and I jumped into the water. Skutnik swam to the woman, dodging chunks of ice, an airplane debris and pulled her to shore and she survived. Lenny Skutnik later said, when the girl needed saving, God looked around and God said, Enie, Meanie, Miney, and your mo. Your mo. So I jumped in. Satan would love to remind you of your past failures. He would love to whisper to you, just stay on the shore. Just stay in the seats. God doesn't need you. Somebody else can talk to him. Somebody else can reach out to him. You just stay on the shore. It's much too dangerous out there. But when God taps you on the shoulder and says, and you're Mo? You better jump. You better jump. People were astonished at Paul's transformation. No wonder God sent Ananias to him. Because after Paul accepted Christ, a ripple effect began. A ripple effect that affects you and I even still today. But That ripple effect actually started on a Friday back in 33 AD when the Son of God, when Jesus hung on a cross, suffered and died in our place and man the ripple effect continues on. Got that person on your mind? Got that face on your mind? In your heart? For with the ripple effect to continue... God's counting on you. God's counting on you. The question is, will you stay on the shore, or will you jump in no matter how dangerous, no matter how frigid it may appear? Will you speak out? I'm going to pray this morning, and out in the lobby on the south window are two words ripple effect and I want you to go out there with the dry erase markers that are on this window seal and I want you to write that person's name on the window don't write it little write it pretty big because I want us over the next few weeks every time we walk past that window I want us to pray for those names we might not know who they are. God does, and some of you do. But write that person's name. I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to sing. Write that person's name on the window so we can pray for that person. And you might not even know the person's name. Like I said, you just put the lady who works at the window at Starbucks, <laughs> the person who checks out my groceries at Giant Eagle. And maybe over the next several weeks you intentionally go to that same person time and time again until you get a moment to speak. Got it? Everybody knows what we're doing? Gonna go out, write down that person's name. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the inspiration of your scriptures. God, the inspiration of a man named Ananias. God, it really isn't seen much in the entire scriptures. But God, he, he touched Paul's life and thus affected Christianity for all time as the ripple effect began. God, may we realize that we are part of that. And God, the ripples in the people who will be in heaven, right now, God, you're dependent on us. You're dependent on us by the power of your spirit to share the message of your son, Jesus Christ, in his saving grace. God, as we stand right now and we go into the lobby and write these names, God, may we pray over these names even as we write them, even as we write them right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.